Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell. Thank you for joining us today. Remember to visit our website also at letstalkadoption.com and sign up for our weekly show update and reminder. You can also find great resources for your adoption needs, whether you're seeking to adopt, if you've already parenting through adoption, or if you're just hoping to reunite with a birth child or birth family. We also have free programs there available for you. Our purpose is to help educate you, so please do utilize those services there. If you have any adoption questions, please email them to me at, at Info at letstalkadoption.com. Today we'll be discussing working with the hospital for a smooth adoption. We're going to speak on adoption etiquette and what to expect at the hospital for adoptive parents and birth parents and their families, too. My guest is Ellen Fox. Ellen is a social worker at Kaiser Hospital in Sacramento, California. And uh, she's been a wonderful resource for both birth parents and adoptive parents during the adoption process. For the past 18 years, she's been working as a social worker, uh, 10 of them with the um, perinatal area at the University of California, Davis, and also with Kaiser Permanente in uh, the Sacramento area, too. Prior to her social work um, career, she is, was a high school school teacher, so she's worked with a lot of uh, kids also, too. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Thank you, Marty. It's nice to be here. Well, we're so excited. We have so many questions uh, that we want to ask you today, too. And, uh, you know, adoption is so emotional, and there's so much going on from from both sides, from the birth mother, you know, going through just the birth and um, the process of birth and the emotions and the hormones. And then you add in there the paperwork and then, then a family that they may not know very well. Um, you know, it's a very difficult time for birth mothers and for adoptive parents. And, um, you know, one of the purposes we wanted with the show was to have, you know, a, a seasoned uh, social worker join us to share with us what's important so that we can make this transition. Because a lot of families say, if I just knew what to do at the hospital, I'd do it. What is the most important issue for a hospital, I know, a good adoption for the hospital? Well, for us particularly, and for a lot more hospitals in our area, the important thing is to have a birth plan ahead of time. So if you do some planning ahead of time when you come to the hospital, the staff there will know what the birth mother's wishes are. Mm -hmm. And normally in that birth plan, they will uh, include the adoptive family's name, which is Mm -hmm. important for us to know, and also what they can expect. Like, it's not a big surprise uh, that they can be in the labor and delivery area. They can be in the delivery room with the mom, or mm-hmm. they can't be in the delivery room with the mom. Right. You know, there's a, a choice there that the birth mom can make. So we really push the concept of having a birth plan, mm-hmm. uh, depending on the agency. They, they differ just very um, slightly from each other. But essentially, they just state what she would like to have happen in the labor room, who she wants there, she doesn't want there. Um, it's a roadmap, really. Yeah. You know, when she, if she has to have emergency C-section, um, or she's not able to communicate, or uh, you know, other reasons, it gives the hospital staff some place to start. It does, and and what is important is it alerts. Um, these birth plans usually come to the social worker, and then I distribute them to labor and delivery and to postpartum, so that we know that there is an adoption coming through, mm-hmm. even if it's a month or two months out. Uh, that way that when they arrive, the staff can say, okay, we know who these people are, we know what they're doing, so there's not a lot of confusion. Right. And there's not a lot of bruised toes in a sense where mm-hmm. they'll come in saying, oh, well, we can do this, and if mm-hmm. the hospital staff isn't aware of that, then 
then, of course, they're going to say, no, you can't, and who are you? So with the birth plan, everybody's identified right up front, and uh, the staff is aware of who can be where, mm -hmm. which is very helpful for the staff and for the adoptive family and the birth mom because everybody understands where they're supposed to be. Right. And these things do change. They're mm -hmm. very fluid, and mm -hmm. the mother, birth mother can change her mind about who she wants where at any time, or if there is a crash C-section or an emergency section, mm -hmm. then that is taken into account also. Mm -hmm. So the most important part is to have that birth plan ahead of time and also to contact the social worker at the hospital where the delivery is going to be made so that they can come in and greet the families, both of them, when they come in to kind of let the adoptive family know if they're not going to be in the delivery room or the labor room, where they can be in the hospital and where they can get updates on the progress. Right, and they can. sometimes there's tours, too. Do you give sometimes tours or their scheduled yes, tours? Yes, and that's really important, too, especially for a family coming from out of town. They should really do a dry run. I know that we do that to go see where the hospital is and where the entrance is and that type of thing in the department so that, you know, you're really scattered at that time when you're coming in. You truly are. I'm reminded of a, a couple that came down from uh, Washington to adopt, and they, they did a run-through, which was very, very good because mm -hmm. they came down and met the staff. We met them and let them know where they could be and that sort of thing, what they could bring to the hospital, what they couldn't bring to the hospital, et cetera. But on the day that the, the delivery actually happened, these two came running through with their diaper bag flying all over the place because they were just as emotional as what was going on, too. Right, exactly. And fortunately, we had met them ahead of time, and we were able to go, whoa, slow yes, down. Yes. Everything's going to be okay. Take a deep breath. <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. Here's some ice chips. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Those kinds of things. And and. Usually staff will be much more uh, helpful to adoptive families if they can come in and just be genuine and, you know, not be too pushy, but just kind of say, here we are, we're, we're excited, and yada, 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 where can we be, and they mm -hmm. will put you where you need to be. I think in realizing that you're a guest in the hospital mm -hmm. and that you're not the patient is very important, and that's hard when you've got A personalities, and, you know, they're used to running everything, that you have to realize you have to back down and that the hospital is there really for the birth mom to make sure that her and the baby are cared for and that your, your feelings are good and important, but they have to come first for the care of the patients. Very true. And usually most hospitals now have social workers in the labor and delivery area or the perinatal areas, we're called. Uh, and they're able to come in and, and work with the adoptive families if we do have some of those, and we've had those over the years, too. And it's basically just kind of doing some human relations here mm -hmm. and saying this is going to take some time. We need you to calm down. There are certain things that you can do in a hospital, certain things you can't do in a hospital. Right. We're delighted to have you here. This is a wonderful event. We know mm -hmm. that. You're very excited. But this can also take a while. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm going to share, I want to share later on, too, and we're going to talk about some of the things you can do and can't do in the hospital. So we talked about the good, you know, good parts of the uh, birthing plan, too. And briefly on a birth mother, what she, can she expect from the hospital as she moves through her labor and delivery to postpartum? Well, as she moves through the process with the birth plan, because it lays out who she wants in with labor and delivery and uh, that sort of thing. But as she comes out to the ward, she has a choice of whether she wants to be on the maternity ward or if she wants to be off the maternity ward. Mm -hmm. She also has a choice to say, I'd like the adoptive couple to be in the hospital with the baby, or I don't want them there. I'd like to have my baby in the nursery, or I'd like to spend time with my baby alone. Mm -hmm. And these are things that the staff get, and so they understand what her wishes are, mm -hmm. and they're able to help her through that. Um, again, it's very fluid. If she changes her mind about where she wants the baby or she wants to be with the mm -hmm. baby, 
that is also okay for us. Mm-hmm. Again, it's just the the information of knowing what she would like to have. Mm-hmm. And everything is kept very private, and she can be in a in our hospital at least. Mm-hmm. Usually she's in a private room. Right, and I think a lot of them too. And I think the important part too is that um, there are a lot of emotions that evolve after the birth of a baby. And I've seen many times at births I've attended that birth mothers, now the baby's here, the emotions change and they want to spend time. That doesn't mean they're changing their mind. But right. they need to be able to say hello before they can say goodbye. And I think a lot of parents just want to cling on and don't realize that they have to go through this. And it's better to do it now than when you take the baby home. That's true. And in our hospital, we've worked with the nursing staff, the, the two social workers who are involved in the perinatal area, to let them know how to approach the adoptive mom and the birth moms mm-hmm. and to expect the level of emotional uh, stressors, as we call them, that happen, mm-hmm. and it, to make it even better for them. And to, we have a lot of special nurses that just work with those kinds of folks because they're very good at it as That's well. That's great. And we do, too. We kind of, we're sort of like the liaison between the birth mother and the adoptive mother and all with the hospital staff. Mm-hmm. And the goal is to kind of acknowledge the fact that, yes, she needs to have some time with her baby and that this is a wonderful gift that she's giving to someone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do, um, the social workers do meet with the uh, birth mom privately mm-hmm. to kind of discuss these things and make sure that she's comfortable in what she's doing and to give her support mm-hmm. and to let her know that there are services out there for counseling um, afterwards because she's going to need them. Yes, right, exactly. And a good adoption professional will have a lot of that lined up too. Yes, you do an assessment um, of the birth mother. Um, why is that done by the hospital social worker? That is basically a hospital requirement mm-hmm. that we go in to make sure that the birth mother is giving the baby up uh, on her own mm-hmm. and that she's not being pressured into giving mm-hmm. the baby up. Mm-hmm. We've had some situations, as I think most hospitals have, where you will have either a young uh, birth mother come in and she's being pressured to give her baby up because she's, for one reason or another, whether it's financial or social or where she's at in her life, uh, and the pressure is very intense, and, and maybe she doesn't really want to give up that baby. Right. So we're kind of there to just make a firm with her, her decision, mm-hmm. that this is what she wants to do. And right. then just kind of get to know her a little bit to kind of give her the encouragement that she needs and support that mm-hmm. she needs at this time. I think it's important, too, because sometimes parents will push one way or another, and it's really got to be her decision. And I think in most states, uh, even if you're 14 years old, the choice is yours. Um, and I think this is why we're trying to get away from years ago where a baby was swooped out of the hospital and the birth mother had no choice on what was going to happen. That's very true. Mm-hmm. And even today, we have seen a couple instances of that as, le- uh, as recent as a couple of years ago, mm. where that was a situation where the uh, birth mother was being pressured and she basically got to say hi to the baby as it was being mm. whisked out of the delivery mm. room to a, an yeah. adoptive family. Yeah, and I just don't think it's right. Uh, no, it's not, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take into consideration any of the feelings. And then mm-hmm. later on, this mom's going to come back and say, it was stolen from me, and right. she's going to have that feeling of being used, and, and where's my baby? Right, and yeah. if the child finds out the circumstances around the birth, they may get very angry at the adoptive parents also. Yes. And that's that's a lot of grief, and I just I always tell families, take them by the hand and say, let her go in there and share with her that you're going to go have lunch and she can spend as much time because she needs to do that now. It's a healthy thing, and you'll be much better off, and she will too, and you've got to build that, develop, you know, develop that relationship too. Well, it's important to realize that the birth mother, even though she may have gone through a process with an 
adoption agency or professional mm-hmm. uh, in counseling prior to the actual birthing process, it is a loss. It is a bereavement issue because she has lost a baby, and she's going to go through a grief period. Yeah. And she's yeah. going through all those emotions. It's going to reinforce that bereavement. Right. And that's how we look at it, too, as we do a lot of loss counseling with her uh, while she's here in the hospital. Yes, I think important, too. Well, we're going to share more about this when we come back from break. But right now, we're going to take a quick break. We come back, we're going to answer more questions from our listeners about working with the hospital for a smooth adoption, hospital etiquette, and what to expect at that hospital. We'll be right back after this break. On my 18th birthday, I made a decision that would affect me forever. I chose life for my baby. I wasn't ready to be a mom or even to change my dreams of being a singer. Many of my friends offered to help me end my pregnancy. But then I learned about another option that provides a beautiful life for my baby, adoption. I was able to choose my son's parents and even meet them at the hospital. They love him so much and he's an answer to their prayers. I get emails and pictures from them. I even travel to visit my son each year. He has wonderful parents, an awesome life, and a solid future. Everything I wanted for him. And now I've even moved to Nashville to follow my dreams. I chose life. I chose adoption. Open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family, how much contact you want, and how you want the adoption to happen. To learn more about adoption, call 1-800-923-6784 or visit LifetimeAdoption.com. You can speak with a compassionate counselor confidentially 24 hours a day. Call Lifetime at 1-800-923-6784. Welcome back to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm Marty Caldwell. If you just joined the program today, we're speaking with Ellen Fox, a social worker with Kaiser Permanente, um, about um, working with the hospital for a smooth adoption, hospital etiquette, and what to expect at the hospital. Before we continue, I want to mention, too, an adoption resource for adoptive parents. Adopting Online is a book I wrote for hopeful adoptive parents. It's available at local bookstores and online, um, and also the book site. AdoptingOnline.com. It's a great book, and I think that uh, you'll enjoy it. And I wanted to make sure we had something out there to help people too. Alan, before we, um, when we left, um, we were talking a little bit about, you know, what to expect the hospital and what social workers do too. What happens if there's no birth plan at the time of a delivery, and the birth mom has made no contact with the hospital adoption professional? We, I, I know that we get it maybe four or five a month of you know hospital social workers calling and saying we've just had someone that just delivered, um, and we need help with this. What usually happens in that situation at the hospital for you? Well, and this happens quite frequently, a lot more than people would realize. But uh, what we do is uh, the social worker will meet with the birth mom, and we'll talk with her and find out what she wants to do. Would she consider and give her her options? Is she considering adoption, or does she want to take the baby home, et cetera? If she states that she wants to place the baby for adoption, what we will do is call an agency or we'll give her information, actually. We have brochures on different agencies and have her pick out one. Uh, and then we will, with her permission, call the agency and say, we've got a gal here who has picked your agency and would like to place your baby for adoption. Can you come on down and do the paperwork with her? Mm-hmm. And so then they will usually come down and talk with and spend time with the prospective birth um, the mother and uh, figure out what she wants to do. And at that time, 
it's usually a long process, by the way. It usually takes most of the day to do all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we don't have uh, the luxury of time in the hospital. It's a 24-hour turnaround for us. Mm-hmm. So we have to get in there and do this quickly. Uh, but the agency or the... Um, group that she, the attorney or whoever she picks, will come in and they will spend the time with her and then they'll let us know what she has done and what she has chosen. And usually they have picked a family uh, from some bios that they have for Mm -hmm. her to see. And then they'll call that family and they'll come on down and be there with her and see the baby. And we will at that time when there's an adoptive family chosen and comes to the hospital, we usually give them the little tags that the hospital is indicating that they're going to be the parents of the baby. Yes, that's great. So everything's identified, too. Right. You know, there are a lot of questions that we have from listeners, too. Uh, one said, I've heard that some hospitals provide an extra room for the adopted parents when rooms allow. How is this arranged, and can we spend the night there? This is true. At our hospital, we do this. If there's room, and usually there's room, we always find room, it seems mm-hmm. like. Uh, if we can't get both parents in, like, a room for themselves, then at least we can put the mother into um a maternity bed that's with another mother. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there'll be two in a room, so she would share that with a, another birth mother. Mm-hmm. And we do that at the beginning when we find out there's an adoption coming down. Mm-hmm. And if the adoptive uh, birth mother will say, I want the baby to be with the adoptive family, then we make those accommodations. And that's usually put in that um, hospital plan, too. Yes, mm-hmm. that's why it's so important mm-hmm. to yes. have a plan. Even, you know, if you just make one up yourself and mm-hmm. bring it to the hospital, if you're a birth mom out mm-hmm. there that hasn't made any plans, but you kind of have an idea what you'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And you can write that down and bring it with you to the hospital when you come in and labor. That gives us a whole bunch of time to arrange things for yes. the adoptive family and for her as right. well. And that's the importance of that birth plan. That's why we're stressing it so much these days. And then while she's in labor, then we can tell postpartum that, okay, we need to have a room for the adoptive couple to be in with the baby we also need a room for mom, either on the floor or off the floor. Yes, that's great. Um, you know, here's another question. What are the tests that are routinely done with newborns? There's the newborn screen test, and that uh, that's a whole bunch of things that they do. They do the PKU test, mm-hmm. uh, which is a requirement, and they do kind of your basic blood analysis test that goes on to uh, a form, which, by the way, the adoptive family needs to take mm-hmm. with them when they leave the hospital. Mm-hmm. And there's also the hearing screen test now, which is a requirement in California, and I think mm-hmm. it's pretty much nationwide. Mm-hmm. So the baby has to pass the hearing test or at least have the hearing test before it leaves the hospital. Mm-hmm. And you, it's really important for families, too. We've had this happen where families from out of state fly into California, and then they get ready to leave, and they don't have a release from the hospital pediatrician to allow the baby to fly, and the baby's under two weeks old. <laughs> Yes, and then they have to get back, you know, out of line and get a, you know, go back to the hospital, and it's a real hassle because they missed their flight. So it's we include that in our packet, but a lot of people forget this. Well, and another thing to include in that packet, particularly because we do have families that come in from all over the states and even uh, um, other nations here to adopt, is that they they have a pediatrician, the name of the pediatrician, a phone number of their pediatrician that they've picked out. If they have a copy or uh, some kind of semblance of the plan, the health plan that they're going to put the baby under, mm-hmm. that is important for us because we require a two-day follow-up on the baby, which would be here in California or mm-hmm. here in Sacramento. Uh, and that's just a regular health checkup. All the little kids get it when they leave the hospital to make sure that everything's going smoothly and that they're feeding and doing all that kind of thing. Right, and that's very important, too. And that, that's, that's, these are new things, too, that have been increased and improved. The test, as are, are there any testing done for drugs or um, HIV at all? 
if the mother assigns a release, the birth mother signs a release for that, yes, they do that. Uh, we do screen almost all of our moms, our birth moms included, for mm -hmm. drugs or that type of thing. And if she comes up positive, there are some ramifications for mm -hmm. that, too. Right. Because Child Protective Services then needs to be called if she comes up positive. Right. And if that happens, I know that if she has a hospital plan in place, it can prevent the baby going, but she can't take that baby home. Isn't that correct? That's correct. If we have a, if she has a birth plan, if she has uh, an adoptive family in place, and she has an agency or an attorney that she's working with, mm -hmm. and we have a copy of that, mm -hmm. then the adoption can take place. Right. Yeah. Because we've done that with Lifetime before, is where we we have the attorney then show up, our attorney show up, and 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 take care of that because we don't want those children going to CPS. Right. And, and that, that will prevent them from going to CPS. Right. The mother will be involved with CPS. The birth mother will. But yeah. the adoption can take place. The only problem is if she comes with no plan, no nothing. And then yes. if she's positive, then it has to go to county adoption. Mm, so hard, too. Yes, it is, because it takes a while for those little ones to get adopted out at that point. Yeah, and they really need to bond early. That's why it's important to have that hospital plan. Like you mentioned, two months, because babies can be born early, especially if there is drug use involved. Well, and that's important, too, because we don't give birth between 8 and 5, which is usually when <laughs> yes. social workers are here. Right. So if we have that birth plan on, then when she comes in the middle of the night, she just says, Hi, I'm such and such, and I'm going to adopt my baby out. They go to our alert book where we keep the birth plan, and they go, Aha, this is it. We mm -hmm. can deal with this. And then all the information is there. It's, it's right. just a, It makes it very smooth right. for and them if they can just do that. Mm -hmm. I think that's important that they have that all in place. And we try, you know, it's, it's hard because you do have people call last minute or they, they have it all there, but they forget it at home. Or they're, they go into labor while they're at lunch and they have it at home. <laughs> yeah. So here's a question from an email from a birth grandmother. How long does a birth mother stay in the hospital? If it's a vaginal birth, mm -hmm. it would be 24 hours. Mm -hmm. If it's a C-section, then as a cesarean section, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, mm -hmm. uh, it would be two to three days. Two to three days, okay. And does, does the baby stay during that period of time? The baby needs to stay 24 hours. Okay. If at that time the birth mother is not ready to leave the hospital but indicates it's okay for the adoptive couple to take the baby, mm -hmm. the baby can go. Okay. It just depends on what the, the uh, birth mother wants. Mm -hmm. There is a form, an AD-22, right. in the state of California, and I'm sure it's nationwide. Uh, and it's a form that we notify the state that there's an adoption taking place. But more importantly on that form, there is a medical release that the birth mother will sign that gives the adoptive couple the um, uh, authorization to go and get medical care for that baby. Mm -hmm. And without that, then the adoptive couple will have a hard time unless they can get that authorization from somewhere else. Right, and that's that's important to get that, too, and, and yeah. you get a copy. When can the birth mother get a copy of the birth certificate, too? That's another question that came in. That usually takes, um, well, Wanda, our birth clerk, tells us it takes about six weeks. Six weeks, okay. To come to, to her. Mm -hmm. And then another question we have in here, because I know we're running really short in time here, um, if you can't get the hospital, here's a family that says, um, we live out of state, we're matched with a birth mother 800 miles away. What happens if we can't get to the hospital on time? How long can the baby stay? Usually it's 24 hours if uh, we can hold them for mm -hmm. two days. Okay. And at that point in time, if they can't get here, but usually they can, but if they can't, then the agency will pick up the baby. Right, and I know we have done that, too, where we've actually had emergency pickups yes. um, because it will happen. I think it's good communication is very important, too. Ellen, I just want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing your expertise in so many years. And I know that you've, you've helped so many people, and I just want to thank you for 
all the information you shared with us today. I'm sure it would be very, very useful for so many people. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for being with us this week. And I'll tell you, next week we have another helpful topic for you. This is Marty Caldwell. Until next week, have a wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. Marty Caldwell.